Welcome to I Feel Snitty, episode 139, entitled, Take a Look, It's in My Book. It's a reading promo, part 9. I'm your host, Craig Rosnicki. To this point, 2014 was my most active year of writing. I released four books, the first of which was the fourth installment of the LOL the GOP series, entitled, LOL the GOP, Volume 4, Guns, Jesus, Corporations, and Fetuses. Here are five excerpts from that book. This first piece can be found on pages 9 through 12, and is titled, The Obama Scare. The Obama Scare. Larry the Fable Guy. Everyone run! Let's get out of here! It's coming! Jeff Cockworthy. It is? Well, shoot. Looks like I'll have to leave my adult toys in the washer. Bill Dingbat. Can I put mine in your washer, too? Mine isn't working. We're getting out of here, numbnuts. I'm sure there will be plenty of adult toys wherever we wind up going. Ron, hi. Dudes, chill out. Can I at least finish my whiskey? That's your eighth one, Slick. Yeah, I know. You guys go on out without me. I'm just going to pass out over here by this, this lovely neighbor's mailbox. Hopefully the person that lives here is hot and takes care of me nice and good, if you know what I mean. Okay, fine. Jeff, Bill, do you guys want to stay here with Ron and die? Or are you coming with me to get away from this ensuing monster? I'm going with you, of course. I just, I trust you're telling me the truth, and I'm scared out of my overalls right now. I tell you, golly gee whiz. Uh, yeah, what he said. You sure you're not g come with us, Ron? <sighs> yeah, he, I think he's done for. Just like earlier today and again last night. I don't know about that guy sometimes. Well, it was nice knowing you, Ron. I wonder if Jesus drinks whiskey. All right, well, anyway... We can't waste any more time, so here's what we must do. Run as fast and as far as you possibly can until that monster is out of sight. Got it? Got it. Huh? Just follow our lead, okay? Okay. And let's go. They start running. Jim Bob, Joe Smith Johnson. Stops, Larry. What's going on here? What are y'all running from? That thing over there, you, you see it? It's going to kill us all. It's like a Nazi, and we're its Jews. Well, I don't know what it is, but I'm going to run, too. They continue to run, before looking back, not seeing where they're going, and getting struck by a car. Taxi driver, Muhammad, where's my tip? Gets out of his car to check on the people he hit. Oh, no. What did I do? Are you guys okay? I feel like I did on my wedding night, after my wife caught me with her sister. I don't really feel anything, so I probably feel like our buddy Ron right now. I don't know. Ask one of them. Ugh, I should have listened to the voice in my head, which told me to never talk to strangers. I see an ambulance and some doctors right over there. I'll go get them. Gets their attention. No, that's the monster we're running from. We can't let them take away our freedom. Tries crawling, but to no avail. The ambulance arrives. Dr. Francois Monstier. Hey guys, what happened here? We were running from you guys when this taxi driver crashed into us. Running from us? Hmm. Have you guys been doing any drugs or anything tonight? That one stuff? What stuff is that? Acid by any chance? No, he thinks Mentos looks like big pills, so he thinks they're drugs and calls them that one stuff. I see. 
Well, it appears as if you are all pretty beat up right now. But after we get you to a hospital and get some work done on you, you shall be back on the road to a full recovery. How's that sound? I don't want to die. I want my freedom. Well, good news on both fronts. You're not going to die, and once you fully heal, you'll have as much freedom at that point as ever before. Huh? What about Obamacare? Aren't you going to kill us? <laughs> well, I... I tell you to lay off the drugs, but I'm about to give you some more, so I'll refrain from offering that bit of advice. After you get out of the hospital, though, I highly recommend you all get yourselves checked into rehab and get over these nasty drug habits of yours. That one stuff? Yeah, especially that one. All right, let's take them away. No, not away. Freedom! USA! 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 Make sure you knock this one out good. He's gone mad. Obamacare is a monster, though. We don't want microchips to put in our heads. Knock this one out, too. We can't have them talking crazy like this while we're working on them. Monster? I don't like monsters. Just go ahead and knock them all out. I'm starting to get a headache. Jesus, what is wrong with these people? This next writing is entitled, Pat Robertson Educates the World on Magic Gay Rings, and is on pages 31 through 33. Pat Robertson educates the world on magic gay rings. There can be no mistaking it. Televangelist Pat Robertson is crazier than Tom Cruise hopped up on speed while on the Oprah Winfrey show. He's let loose more face-palm-inducing quotes than drunken Richard Pryor impersonating sailors have let the F-bomb slip. As a prime example, Robertson said the following on his show, The 700 Club, last August. You know what they do in San Francisco? Some in the gay community there, they want to get people. So if they got the stuff, AIDS, they'll have a ring. You shake hands and the ring's got a little thing where you cut your finger. Really, it's that kind of vicious stuff which would be the equivalent of murder. Yeah, that kind of thing really happens, Pat. Here's how such an event would transpire. Lance Lance Dofferson, the most flamboyant gay man in the world, ponders to himself, who should I infect today with my magical AIDS ring? It's about time I give the program and break this bad boy and like all the others in this city. Jack me off. Whistle the Star-Spangled Banner. Lance Dofferson spots Jack. Ooh, he'll be the lucky one. Me off continues whistling, getting to the part about bombs in the air. Lance Dofferson approaches me off and gently bumps into him. Oh, I'm so sorry, sir. I got so distracted by that beautiful song you were whistling. I'm sorry. By the way, I'm Pat, Pat Robertson. Goes to shake Jack's hand. Me off. Hi, Pat. Oh, that's all right. These kinds of things happen. I'm Jack, Jack me off. Reaches to shake Lance's hand. The two shake hands. Ow. What the hell was that? Why am I bleeding? What did you do? Ha, take that. You've got AIDS. Oh my god, what do you do to my ring? There's blood all over it. My beautiful ring. Slaps Jack across the face a few times. You bitch. Yeah, apparently there's homophobia, homo-ringophobia, and flipping nuts. If you answer D, that Pat Robertson is all those things, you would be correct. This one is titled, 
to one group, gun rights equals gay rights. And it's on pages 37 through 41. To one group, gun rights equals gay rights. In May of last year, it appeared as if a diehard gun rights group had been placing a number of posters around Washington State Capitol in an attempt to speak out against gun control legislation by comparing such legislation to discrimination against gays. One poster showcased two women holding one another with the following words appearing alongside them. Some people dislike gays. Others dislike guns. We should not base our laws upon personal dislikes. A second poster depicted two gay men holding guns, not the ones below their waist, whom were surrounded by these words. We want our right to marry. Now it's time to defend our right. And we sure as hell aren't going to take shit from homophobes in the process. These are ridiculous arguments all the way around. On the first poster, it's comparing the rights of gays to the rights of guns, saying these rights shouldn't be taken away due to people's personal dislikes. Since when was the gun debate about personal dislikes? I'm not a gun owner, and doubt I will ever be one. However, if a person is a mentally stable and law-abiding citizen, I couldn't care less if he or she purchased one or 21 guns. Just because I'm not a big-time gun enthusiast doesn't mean I don't feel guns should be legal for purchase by most Americans. My favoring gun control legislation has nothing to do with a personal dislike for guns and everything to do with a desire to reduce gun violence. If the creators of the poster feel it's wrong for me to personally dislike gun violence, then they may want to get professional help. With regard to the second poster, what is it trying to encourage exactly? That homosexuals become vigilantes against homophobes? As much as I am a gay rights supporter, I do not in any way condone violence, even against those with whom I strongly disagree on the gay rights issue. Also, what is this poster implying? That most gay Americans would have their guns taken from them if any kind of gun control legislation, like expanded background checks, passed? Do the poster's creators know that expanded background checks aren't regarding different ethnicities and sexual orientations, that it has to do with gun shows and internet sales? Like I said, these posters are more off-base with their sad attempts of arguments than a runner in the outfield who's supposed to be on first base. Yes, he would be out, just as these posters' creators are out of their gourds. Even if we just take the general argument at hand here and compare gay rights to gun rights, that still doesn't make a bit of sense. Allow me to illustrate this point by reversing the two, treating guns like homosexuals in one fictional dialogue and treating homosexuals like guns in another. Guns being treated like homosexuals. Location, a shooting range. Mike Iceps. Hey baby, how are you doing today? His gun blow. Silence. What? Why are you down? Look at me when I'm talking to you. Mike's friend Jimmy. Hey, what the hell are you doing? The targets are that way. Are you trying to kill yourself? Mind your own business. I'm just having a man-to-man -man talk with Blow over here. Relax. So baby, as I was saying, is something wrong? You seem quiet. What? Come again? You're seeing someone else. You slut. Who is he? Who's the guy and why? Someone you met in Vermont? What's wrong with Alabama? And when in the world were you in Vermont? You were born there. So you've always loved this guy? Why didn't you tell me? Well, let's move there. We can get married there, right? You're right. I won't leave this place. It's home to me. You're really, you're really going to leave me, aren't you? I drove you here. 
What, are you going to take a taxi out of here? I see. Well, can I have one last kiss for old time's sake? I sip some blow makeout. What the hell is going on here? Shut up, Jimmy. You're just jealous you were never in this much love with a person. Goodbye, my sweet blow. Goodbye. Homosexuals being treated like guns. Location, gun store. Customer, Jojo Johnson. How much is it for one of those gays? Owner, Hunter Head. Which one? That one behind you. Ooh, that's a top-of-the-line gay right there. I'll give you... I'll give him to you for $500. I'll take him. It is my birthday, and my pa told me he'd give me the money to buy my own gay if I wanted. And I sure as heck wanted to. Well, happy birthday. Is this your first gay? Yep, my first gay. My pa would be so proud. He's always wanted to show me how to handle a gay. Oh, it'll make him see that I'm a real man now. <laughs> I bet. Well, just fill out this paperwork, and you'll still, you'll still be on your way to gay bonding with your father. Thanks, mister. Thank you. Here you are. Hey, be careful with the guy. We don't want him blowing his load too quickly now. I'll be careful. Thanks again. On pages 67 through 69, you can find the following bit of writing, entitled, Believers in the Invisible, but not of the Observable. Believers in the Invisible, but not of the Observable. It cracks me up to hear people who are certain of God's existence claim that global warming is a hoax. The following two scenarios will better illustrate just how I see such individuals. Experiment number one. Scientist Mike Theory. So, you don't believe in global warming, correct? Donald Dump. Of course not. It's nothing but a hoax. So why are the polar ice caps melting then? It's all part of God's plan, apparently. The scientist takes an ice cube out of the freezer and places it on a table. Do you see this ice cube? Yes. I just took it out of the freezer. Notice how it's getting smaller. Yes. Why is that, do you think? Because it's warmer in here than in the freezer. Duh. Very good. So take that knowledge and apply it to what we talked about earlier. Why are the polar ice caps melting again? Because it's getting W-A-R. It's part of God's plan. Ugh, I give up. Experiment number two. You're a big believer in God, is that correct? Yes, of course. Could you point him out to me, please? Oh, he's all around us. Okay, show me. You can't see him? I'm asking you to point him out to me. Just look around you. He's everywhere. I see a table, a couple of chairs, some pencils, books, and a few other things. What does God look like? So I know how to spot him. I don't know. I think he's white and has a beard. You don't know. I thought you said you could see him and he was all around us. If that's true, then how can you not know what he looks like? I said he's white with a beard. So he looks kind of like Santa Claus. No, God's beard never goes white. So perhaps more like Zach Galifianakis then. 
Who? Never mind. Well, I hate to tell you this, but I don't see a white man with a beard in here, do you? That's because you're not looking. We're the only two people in here. And God. Jesus. He's here too. Where? Everywhere. I'm afraid we'll have to end this experiment now so I can go out and have myself a drink. Have a nice life. And afterlife. Sure. The final excerpt I'll be sharing is on pages 93 through 96. And it's titled, To Bill O'Reilly, Marijuana Equals Russian Roulette. To Bill O'Reilly, Marijuana Equals Russian Roulette. With marijuana officially becoming legal for recreational purposes in Colorado, Fox News host and man known to scream his own name during sex, Bill O'Reilly, has made some rather bizarre statements on the new law. On January 6th of this year, O'Reilly said the following on his own show, The O'Reilly Factor. Let's take it step by step. If you use any intoxicating agent, your goal is to leave reality. You're not satisfied with your current state of mind. You want to get high, buzzed, blasted, whatever. Some adults can handle that on occasion, others cannot. So it's literally Russian roulette. But putting intoxicating agents in the hands of children can be devastating. Either O'Reilly doesn't know what the word literally means, or he's not well educated about Russian roulette. I suppose it's also quite possible he's not very cognizant about either. In any case, I'd like to bring Mr. O'Reilly up to speed on the two. According to the dictionary, literally means actually, without exaggeration or inaccuracy. And Russian roulette is defined as a stunt in which one spins the cylinder of a revolver loaded with only one bullet, aims the muzzle at one's head, and pulls the trigger. Yes, Mr. O'Reilly, consuming marijuana is literally like Russian roulette. Given the Fox News host's quote, it seems to me he thinks doing weed is reminiscent of the following scenario. Setting at a college student's apartment. Mario Hash. Okay, guys, here are the rules. I made six brownies, but only one of them has ganja in it. We'll take turns eating a brownie before one of us is no longer here. Well, in a way, I guess. Are you guys ready? The rest of the group nods. Okay, I'll go first. He eats the brownie. Mmm, that's some good stuff. Well, I think I got lucky. I'm not feeling anything. We'll go clockwise. Up next is the guy on my left, Luigi. Luigi Green eats a brownie. Damn, man. You sure I did yourself this time. I think I got lucky, too. Poof. Okay, next. Yoshi Herbal eats a brownie. Whoa, I wish I could eat the rest of them. Ha <laughs> ha, I think we know who found the ganja. Nah, man, I'm just hungry. This is the first thing I've eaten all day. Well, since those five whoppers I had a couple hours ago. Dang, man, I can't believe how much you've been eating since sumo wrestling training started. Well, okay, it was just a false alarm, people. Daisy, I believe you're next. Daisy Token starts eating a brownie. I don't know that I can eat all this, guys. I'm already feeling fat. I'll take that if you're not going to have it, Daisy. That's against our rules. Come on, Daisy. Just two more bites. She eats the rest. Ugh, I feel like I'm going to throw up. You tend to do that after a lot after you eat. 
Are you a balsamic or something? You mean bulimic? Yeah, well, maybe. Are you? No, I'm neither. I just hardly ever eat this stuff. Okay. I think we know Daisy didn't consume any of the special herbs. All right, we're down to two. Bowser, you're up now. Bowser inhales, eats a brownie. Yum, 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 yum. Hmm. Okay. Well, the jury may still be out on Bowser. He certainly seemed to enjoy it, though. Wario, you're the last one. Best of luck. Wario Chong eats a brownie and dies instantly. That's a poor unlucky bastard. Well, now that that's over, let's do something a bit less risky and shoot ourselves in our heads. It's just like Bill O'Reilly said. Let's take it step by step. If you use any intoxicating agent, your goal is to leave reality. You're not satisfied with your current state of mind. You want to get high, buzzed, blasted, whatever. Some adults can handle that on occasion. Others cannot. So it's literally Russian roulette. But putting intoxicating agents in the hands of children can be devastating. Yeah, with ignorance as his intoxicating agent, it appears as if Bill O'Reilly left reality long ago. The book can be purchased on paperback for $10.50 on Lulu and on Kindle for $3.99 on Amazon. If you have any questions on the book, don't hesitate to ask. And that's it for today's episode. Until next time, you can check me out on Podbean, Twitter, Amazon, and Blogger. This has been I Feel Snitty with Craig Rosnicki. Take care.